everyone, welcome back to a new episode on our Sea of Change podcast series brought to you by the KCL ASEAN Society. Now today's episode is our third episode overall, titled London Lifestyle Live in La Vida Broca. <laughs> and hi everyone, it's Joan and Nurul here back with our shenanigans. Thank you for the 50 listeners who listen to us on Anchor. We are keeping track by the We way. see so, you. <laughs> Today we have with us the new like additions to our uh, podcast team, D and Alessia. So you guys are ready, you guys can introduce yourselves. Hi guys, I'm Alessia. I'm from the Philippines. I'm a second year PPL student at KCL, currently studying remotely. Hey. And yeah, so excited to be part of the podcast. I am Dee, and I'm a first year medical student at King's, and I'm currently studying from Thailand. Aw, thank you guys. So happy to have you guys on our team, honestly. Tell us a bit about yourself. I guess I can go first. Um, Basically, I just graduated from the International School of Bangkok. I went to a very new high school. It was just kind of established. Um, And then after that, I went to um, a foundation year in London. I went to UCL. So I've been in London for quite some time. And that in itself was a whole train wreck of an experience. Uh, Gained great, great, great friends, though. Um, So that was fun. And then now I'm um, at King's in my second year of a soul-sucking law degree. So, Joan, like, like that is you took, like, your A-levels in the UK as well, right? Similar to Alessia, she took her pre-university, pre-U in uh, the UK. So how was your experience in, I don't know where you went, like it was in the middle of the hills or something, right? (laughs) If I had three words to describe my college experience, white, desert, (laughs) well not desert, it's isolated, that's the word, isolated. And I guess the other word would be, maybe this could be one word, mentally deprecating. Okay, okay, I'm not going to name where I went to college. We cannot afford to get to. <laughs> yeah, um, even though well, I found my passion for history there. So as much as I may not have really enjoyed college, that was still one of the things that I can, re- I can really say that I took away from that college is that I found my love for history there. I am doing much better now, you know, at King's in London Woo-hoo. with a much more diverse community. Yes, to progress. You went to an international school mm-hmm. that was Americanized. So how is diversity there? How did it like sort of affect you now? I guess it depends because we had a lot of like, you know, European people. We had a lot of like, mm-hmm. like people from all over Asia because it was kind of connected to the embassy. It's like one of the first schools wow. for like embassy kids in Thailand. So it was actually considered like pretty diverse compared to a lot of the other like international schools. Um, like I would say, yeah, most of my friends weren't like the same nationality or same background as me at all. Just pretty That's good. Interesting. Say. Um, D went to uh, ISB, right? The International School of Bangkok. And I went to when I was a kid. I went to the British School of Manila. So there's an International School of Manila. It's across the street from us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went there. I went to the British School of Manila, and I did realize because my mom. I remember my mom telling me um, I was on the wait list to get into um, reception, as I was. Um, so it's reception, nursery reception year one. In, it's a whole different as in yeah. kindergarten? Reception. As in kids, girl, somewhere girl. there. Wait, you guys there. call it reception? I was just thinking like there was yeah, a lobby exactly. or something like that. I was like, you're, you're oh, being okay. waitlisted to go, it, like, to go, go into to the, the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> like, nursery? Yeah. The British born, I seen the uh-huh. kids will know this, but I, I was waitlisted again to reception. But, um, and the only reason mm-hmm. I got in was because someone had dropped out last minute. I think someone uh, moved out because that's what expats do all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing was, 
um, I was waitlisted because they reserve spots. So you're right. Yeah, they do reserve spots for like embassy kids or diplomats kids and they prioritize that. Similar story to me. I was on the waitlist, like waitlist or I was kind of rejected because I, I'm a Thai citizen. Because they said basically that my level of English wasn't good enough at that point. No for way. Kindergarten. No way. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean... What do you mean? Half, half the people I know can't even spell kindergarten. Kindergarten week. Yeah. Once I reapplied, like with my American passport, because I was born in New York, like they accepted me, which was a huge like. Oh, are you Lord. kidding me right now? Like it was very much. Oh, I don't know. How? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had an interesting experience at my school, but I would say it was pretty diverse. It's just when that sort of thing happens to you as an Asian person. When it's like literally nothing was different other than just my passport. It's a systemic problem. It's, it's a of, systemic problem. It's like so interesting to see you because I think I came from a totally different background. Okay, like fun fact. I have been in all-girls school since I was seven. And so like seven into 12 for primary school, I was in an all-girls school. Then 13 to like like wow. 17, I was still in all-girls school. But this time like in in boarding school when I came into A-levels at 18, right? So that was the first time I had, like, co-ed classroom setting. So like, when I came in, I saw, like, a guy. So I, I was like, okay, cool, cool. And then I went to the toilet and I cried. I, for no particular reason. I was just like... I also cry when I look at men. Yeah, but it's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> men. I didn't know then, but I actually knew subconsciously. Yeah, and then after after that, I, like, did two years A-levels in Malaysia. And then, yeah, because, like, much like the Philippine, like, yeah, the uh, was it, like, certification thing? Yeah, it's, like, the same for Malaysia. We, we take, yeah, we take our, like, Malaysian certificate of higher education. You can't get into UK universities directly. And, you know, actually, exactly. you can't even get into exactly. normal university, <laughs> Malaysian university directly. Because you still have to take, you still have to take a foundation. So, yeah, and I've been, you know, six months yeah. in London. And yeah, and I just came back right now. I'm in London. I have just, you know, reached yeah, yesterday mm-hmm. evening. How is like the COVID situation back at your places? This, this pandemic is the great equalizer, basically, for the Philippines. It's just exposing so many holes in in government, in policy, in education, right. in the economy, and just the greatest level of inequality I've ever seen in my, I mean, in my entire life, and it's not that very long. <laughs> But it's just to to have to experience this inequality at an age where I'm supposed to be living, right? I'm supposed to be in uni, I'm supposed to be it's 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 really sobering. And I think in the beginning I was just like, oh my god, um, thank you. Because I think Joan and I were talking about how, like in a totally previous conversation at 2 a.m. or something, about how um when we left uni in March, that was kind of like a savior, like, oh my god, let me press the reset button because I was just, I was going through seasonal depression and everything, which is something I think we can delve into in a bit. Um, so when I went home, I was just like, oh my God, yes, I get to go home. I get to see my family, I get to see my dogs and everything. As the pandemic kind of grew, I was just like, wow, I'm still here and it's not ending. And my president has explicitly said it's not going to end. And people's um, livelihoods have been shut down since March with literally no recourse to, to anything. Um, it's just like a wait and see. And it's it's just, it's so weird when you think about it. And mm. I didn't mean for this to take a very sad, depressing <laughs> turn, but it's a sad, depressing turn. We're in a very transformative stage right now. And we kind of have to realize like how much there is to be grateful for, but also how much... How much flaws there are in the yeah. system. 
our governments are usually a bit more strict, I would say, than, um, you know, UK or the US where they value kind of individualistic freedom. Because I'm looking at the stats right now. We only have eight active cases right now. <laughs> Not to Let flex. Let me show you mine. Do I have about 300,000. Yep. Yeah, like similar to like what you guys said, like in Malaysia as well, it really pointed out a lot of gaps in the system and how um, our policies were, weren't as inclusive or equitable as it should be. And I think that this like crisis actually showed that. Because for Malaysia, I think our our healthcare system is really quite good. Like I personally am like quite proud of it, the way they like handle things. Have you guys decided where you, whether you guys are going back or are staying? I mean, for me personally, right now, the flight plans are a bit tentative because they keep getting like cancelled or moved around. And um, I'm planning on basically going to move into my accommodation at the end of this month. I'm not sure if I'll actually be going to classes like live classes this semester because I have plans to basically visit my girlfriend in America. I'm not sure right now if it's like a good idea to even go to the UK or go to the US. And it's pretty rough. It's definitely so uncertain. And I guess that's why I'm I'm not coming back. I've made that decision to not come back for first term at least. I don't know about second term. There are some whispers around some unis that might be taking this in this year entirely virtual. And then the question there would be why am I still paying twenty three thousand pounds for a virtual year? It's bittersweet because I do love London, but I also really hate London. So I really I I miss it and I miss my friends I think the most. I miss my classmates because I didn't go out as much last year, I guess. Um but then I miss everyone and I, I miss people. I miss kind of walking around. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't want to die. Yeah, I mean, that's a, little, that's a little obstacle in the way. <laughs> Just a tiny one. Did any of you guys stay in the student accommodation like last year? Because I'm planning on staying in one. Yes, I did. I, mm. But Joan stayed in like the most upper class. <laughs> you know, if like the prime minister is a king student, he'll be staying where Joan did. If I were to tell like the listeners... Where, what, 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 what my plans are. I am planning on going back to London, but no, I'm no longer staying at a student accommodation. Listen, right? It's 12 square feet. Okay, I have a room. I, oh we, we, okay, I yep. paid 320 pounds per week because that was the only option they gave me. I chose, I chose two other cheaper ones and closer to campus, but I couldn't get those. So at the end, I was given that choice. I mm-hmm. will be staying alone. Living La Vida broke up. <clears throat> There's that. But I am quite happy to say that I'm staying alone because, yeah, like I, because especially with this pandemic, right? I wouldn't know where everyone else has been. And that is a big issue to me. I like knowing movements. For me personally, um, I'll be staying at like private accommodation this year. So I'll have like uh, ensuite bathroom and oh, kitchen yeah, and stuff like yeah. that, even though yeah. I don't know how to cook That's yet. Good. You will learn. Yeah. Yeah, you will be thrown into deep waters. <laughs> yes, is it like a house or is it like an apartment? Because it's a studio. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I was kind of wondering, like, how did you guys feel about kind of transitioning to living by yourself? Like, I know some of you guys had boarding school yeah. before, but for me, like, I've never oh, had that sort of situation. Right. Okay. For me, I like having my own space. So <laughs> I'm not sure whether this applies to everyone else, but um, coming home is like a big thing to me because I don't get my own personal space because. Obviously, when you have your parents, they think it's fine to go across certain boundaries. Basically, you you're Asian. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't blame them because after all, they are my parents. But I do like space to myself, especially when I'm talking or, or I'm studying. I like having like time to myself and just 
being my own bubble or space or whatever. So that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to go back to London. I think staying alone is not too big of a deal to me because college was a lonely time anyway. Pfft, insert sappy story here. <laughs> yeah, but otherwise, I just I like living. I like living by myself because. Like it just teaches me so much things. Like you know, I have to do my laundry by myself. I have to pay for my own expenses. I have to be responsible for my own finances. We'll get into the Monzo story in a bit, <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, that's that's why I uh, I'm fine with living alone now. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I guess like for me because I've been in boarding school for since I was like thirteen. Alone to me, I interpret it in two ways. Like one is alone as an independent, and another is alone like living by yourself. Independent wise, I guess like because I went to boarding school, so it was a bit um it was smoother because I knew how to make my bed, do my laundry, make a like schedule like every Saturday laundry day for me kind of thing. So I, that was pretty, that was pretty easy. Uh, I think that comes with time and like finding your own rhythm in terms of living alone, having my own room and stuff. Because I, I guess I was in boarding school, so we we shared, we lived in dorms and we shared spaces. Right. So I was so used to having people around me and like so used to like having fun with friends. Back that I practically grew up with my friends from boarding school, so we all really knew each other so well. And it was another experience, you know, trying to integrate with other people that you that. You are still trying to figure out, or are still trying to figure yourself out. After a while, I think you kind of get used to it because, like, at the end of the day, there's actually no way out but through it. So you just sort of learn. <laughs> like, if you if you don't know, then what are you gonna do? You're gonna learn. For me, a little similar, but also very different. I traveled a lot as a kid, just like that was my family's thing. And um, so I, I mentioned, like, I took a gap year and I traveled a lot alone. So I'm very used to kind of like going at it and being thrust into the deep end, not understanding a thing, having to figure out trains in a different language. Like I'm, um, but also only for like short bursts of time, right? Maximum one month, right? To have lived it kind of in London for a year, well, technically two years, one year is six months. It was very different because it was just like, I'm so lonely. (laughs) Um, But I think that's why I was so thankful for my first year at UCL because that foundation year was like nine to five, Monday to Friday. Um, if you miss a class, they email you. It's, it's a whole thing. So I was stuck with the same people. <laughs> Helped me with um, not feeling so alone. But yeah, there's like Noel said, there's no way out of it. But like you just have to go through it. And I guess if you have people with you, like good people, it doesn't even have to be a lot. You have one friend to go through it with. It makes the world of a difference for you not to feel so alone, I guess. So you guys talked a lot about kind of the concepts of loneliness and almost homesickness. How would you say your social life like worked for your first year before COVID and stuff like that? Clubbing. (laughs) (laughs) How is it though, John? I mean, socially, I... Well, the thing is with my old my old college, it was because it was in such a small town. Mm -hmm. Everyone already knew everyone. So it was very hard for me to fit in. And they were mostly they were mostly like local people so i felt like that was really hard they grew up with each other yeah Yeah, so it was really hard to break through that barrier and like just to socialize and stuff like that so when i came to london you know things are looking up finally right joan you already had your pancreas um issue you know you've lost some weight (laughs) and then so like you can you can actually go out there and socialize with people so i that's what i did pancreas cured (laughs) nothing can stop you now i was just like this pancreas story is a whole other story that we're gonna get into some other time (laughs) one day i 
I went to a lot of freshers stuff. Please, by the way, if you're listening to this and you are a fresher, be responsible. Do not party until everything is safe again, which is like in a year or two. Wait it out. Yeah, yeah, guys, you can go to freshers every year, by the way. You don't have to be a fresher to go to freshers. <laughs> exactly. I think this is before pandemic. So like the way we socialize is quite physical. So we all, I just went out there, you know, put myself out there and go like, hi, because I, I would say that I'm quite extroverted sometimes. So I am willing to initiate conversations. So that's why I did. So I initiated conversations with all kinds of people, even people who might be a little bit more introverted, which to me was fine. You know, like if I can break that barrier, maybe they can break their own barriers. I would say that I met with a lot of people from Malaysia, which was very hard to come by. It was very hard to come by in college. So when I got to King's, I would say that I mixed a lot around um, Malaysia society members. So that was kind of like a support system in a way. So, so anyway, but I did put myself out there in my own course as well by talking to all kinds of different people, you know, like people of all kinds of nationalities, you know, age or race, you know, irregardless of those things. Because it's a little bit harder, right, in a climate like this. So what I try to do by socializing with people is through Zoom, actually, like I try to talk. Well, you know, when you have your seminars, you have people that you don't really know, but you find somebody like kind of funny, a little bit humorous. So then you kind of like, like their messages. I don't know, like you can instigate a conversation from there, I guess. And then in terms of like, if we were to talk about clubbing or whatever like that, just living in general, how would you talk about like budgeting? I did not in first year. (laughs) Okay, okay. Everyone was using Monzo. Everyone was telling me, okay, go get Monzo. You know, it's going to help you so much when you start living in London, especially with budgeting. So I thought, okay, okay, I need that. I really need that. I really need that. So then there is this process that Monzo does where they verify you you take a picture of yourself or something or take a little video of yourself and then you verify yourself through that way within like five minutes five to ten minutes right took my video took my picture sent it to monzo okay expected it to be done within five minutes ten minutes go by half an hour an hour then i think okay maybe there's an issue so i talked to my friends they said yeah give it like a day maybe it'll definitely be done it was not done then a few weeks go by <laughs> weeks honey weeks so then what <laughs> so then afterwards it was getting ridiculous so then i started having like an email correspondence with monzo so i was corresponding with them like hi can you help me why is my monzo not verifying they're not even giving me a status so then um finally someone gets back to me and lists list down like why i wasn't able to get my monzo thing verified turns out British immigration or British government um, was like looking through my profile and everything. And then they said, um, what was it? They said, um, oh, yeah, because you are a politically linked person. So somebody in your family or like a distant relative is, is a, you know, is in a political world. So that's why you can't get your monzo because we want more information from you. And what kind of information you might ask? How do you do your taxes? Where do you where do you do where do you get your taxes from? Where do you get your income from? So I was like, I don't feel safe to give out this kind of information. So then I just tried to budget it in my head. Obviously, that did not work. <laughs> so, so that's yeah. like the same energy as like <laughs> saying, you know, 
med school is easy. <laughs> I did not say that. I said it, I didn't think medical school was going to be this hard. Is what I said. <laughs> For me, budgeting was funny. Um, first year I did really well. Foundation year was hilarious because I didn't have time to spend. Is what I realized. So I was like, I didn't cut budgeting down. I went to Kings and I have like one class a day. I'm like, how do I not have any more cash? If if you're doing law, Nurul, you know this. Before every class, you get a coffee at Waterloo, Waterloo Cafe. Yes, go in, five minute break, halfway through a lecture, get another coffee, and then you go after lecture, you get another coffee because you're gonna study, quote unquote, study. Zero budgeting. What I did do though was I got a job. <laughs> But um, for any first years, there's so many um, avenues that you can kind of get. Uh, jobs, even if you have zero experience, um, just don't be like a mass murderer or something. Um, so I babysat for my first year, and that was an entire experience in itself. D in our pre-recording, which by the way, guys, took an hour. <laughs> pre-recording this podcast took an hour. Was saying how how a lot of us do kind of feel like we need to do that. So I felt like I needed a job. Not that I saved anything from it. I really just thought, oh my god, I have more money to spend. Because of like just how expensive things are in London when you convert them to our currency, a hundred percent, I could not buy like a shampoo bottle, shampoo conditioner, without thinking, "Oh my god, why am I spending this much?" If there's like um, some people that I don't know want a job or want a part-time job, would you recommend that as a student or like any resources you used? Mm-hmm. Kings itself does have like a career like part-time job fair actually I don't know they're doing that virtually this year but you can get sign up you can get emails sent to you um there's a lot of opportunities if you if you want to it is hard though mm-hmm. so I had to work Monday Tuesday Wednesday and it was prime hours it was like 3 to 8 p.m because mm-hmm. you know after school right so I, I always had to be like um to my friends who wanted to go out I'd be like guys I have, I have to go or people who wanted to try out a new society like I can't attend because uh, I have work so it, it does take up a big chunk of your time that's kind of the difference mm-hmm. right like if you have if you don't if you're privileged enough to not have to think about money at uni you have the time to just focus on school and get good grades and right you know, yeah already being here is a lot you know you kind of are just mm-hmm. like oh wait I have other things I can't just focus on school so I guess that's a privilege that um, most people in London think Asian students have yeah yeah um, But the truth is, it's not mm-hmm. like that's not a blanket. That's a blanket genera- uh, generalization that they make on all of us. Um, so yeah, go for it, guys. Right. Live your life. <laughs> um, living in London is 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 an exercise in money. It's an exercise in responsibility, and it's an exercise in in just being alone. Because what I always say, I guess, um, I have a lot of friends that study in like what you would call campus universities, right? Like. Uh, Manchester, St Andrews, wherever, and um, obviously that comes with its own set of problems. Especially if you're a person like me who loves being in the city. But when you're in London, um, and I have like my one of my um, tutors at UCL when I was doing a foundation here, year there said, yeah, it's true. I see it because his kids went to like Exeter um, or Durham or wherever, and kids who grow up, kids who go to London, uh, unis in London. They grow up faster because you're not only dealing with the uni, you're dealing with London. And would you say there's like a thrifting culture in terms of like getting winter clothes and stuff like that, or do you? Because I know how expensive winter clothes can be. 
the amount of discounts you can get as a student when you're in uni is ridiculous. So uni days and student means whatever you can find, grab hold of it. My life hack in London was just to go to Uniqlo. And I'm so Asian. It's so Asian. Heat tech is bomb. But I was kind of wondering, like, since we all came from very tropical countries, you know, um, pre-recording, you guys kind of mentioned seasonal depression. I don't mean to make it like something sad, but like, yeah, kind of how do you deal with that change? Because it's so sudden as well. You don't, and Joan and I had this conversation, you don't know it until you're going through it or you're done, which is what's scary about seasonal depression. You don't realize it until you're either in the middle of it. And it's in, and when you do realize it, when you're in the middle of it, that's great and you're quite lucky. But sometimes you only you resurface like spring, like April time. And then you're just there like, oh my God, I went through that, you know? Uh, I still don't know enough about it technically. All I know is that I did I mean, go through a medical it. student, I um, probably should have researched. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not right. But like, um, whoops, here we go. Add to the list of um, uh, D's realizations about yeah. medical school. Um, <laughs> Drink every time that I say something about medical school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it should, be, it should be a drink every time Neural and I mention law. And it should yeah. be a drink um, every time you don't mention history. But you don't know it unless you're going through it. And, mm. and it, it can be very easy to kind of just want to stay home because it's really cold. You yeah. know what I mean? And I think you're just like, I would rather not go out in London. Oh my God, winter in London when the sun sets at five. Because I'm like, and now I'm done with school. Now I have to go home because it's dark and it's cold and it's probably raining. Odds are it's raining in London. So <laughs> you're just like, how do I maneuver this? Because I've, I'm just tired. I'm yeah. just tired, you know? And so it's hard. It's, it's a real thing that I think um, I'm probably going to have to deal with once I get back. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. Yeah, try to be aware and try to be, um, just get one good friend <laughs> to not make you yeah. feel so alone. You know what I mean? It's it's a big, big deal. Yeah, and um, I guess in terms mm-hmm. of symptoms, I guess I can probably tell it a little bit now. But it's mostly like when you feel very demotivated to even leave your place to get to classes that's when you feel okay something's a bit off because I'm usually quite enthusiastic to go to lectures lectures and seminars okay yeah I'm a big nerd but it's a big thing you know it's yeah it is scary and it's not that I lost like I lost passion for it but it was more like I became like quite demotivated and I just felt like I I don't want to move so yeah that's my experience with seasonal depression but I don't think it's the city that kind of makes you because there are really beautiful things about London as well like I love the city. I feel like if I could stay there for as long as I can, I would. Every day I would be walking from my accommodation. I would walk the extra long way as well just to go past Waterloo Bridge because getting that, getting whatever, whatever's worth from that, you know, the amount of money I paid Kings. But <laughs> yeah, but what always struck me was how cold, well, how cold it was in a way and how windy it was, but also when it's sunset, and when you and when you and when you look at Waterloo Bridge, it's really one of the most beautiful views in my opinion because it's it turns purple. It turns purple. To be fair, yeah. Um, if you ever see anyone, by the way, at Kings, I know, right? Here we go take a drink. If you ever see anyone running across Waterloo Bridge, that's probably a PPL student. I'm just gonna say. I was gonna ask about public transport. Like, how do you guys kind of like work with that? I get I get a monthly pass. So my my thing is, I will just I will use public transport any chance I can get because I pay for this monthly. Do people like bike and stuff like that ever? Like to go to classes and stuff. 
um, yeah, you can rent cycles. You can like Santander's, you know, and then you just kind of dock it somewhere. There's also another app that I used. <laughs> I was so desperate to go home um, mm. at like 3 a.m. where it's like you just find it randomly. Like you can go go in your app and you'll find whichever bike is nearby and you just kind of rent it and then you park it somewhere. How do you guys like get home when it's a late night lecture or something or partying or something like that and you're on your own? Do you know when like you're on, you're on your iPhone and then you have like you can group certain apps together? I have that. It's titled Night Outs. <laughs> and- <laughs> And okay, right. So I like, yeah. So like Uber is like, you know, everyone uses it. Anyone and everyone would know the app. So get Uber. If you want to go for like slightly cheaper options, you can, which is, um, I like to go by Captain, Bolt, via Van. Always make sure that you are seen. You know, you cannot not be seen in a situation like that. You, you have to find somebody, some place that is at least crowded and people would notice you. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And I think like be um, I find myself now thinking of, uh, like consciously thinking about is this safe? Like, what's the worst case that could happen? Like, it's like a conscious thing. Like, if I especially when I go back at night, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, if I go, if I go this, if I go this route, would it be safe? Would it not? And like, is like sort of like a risk assessment in my head every time I go somewhere. And like, even when I want to go out to like eat, I'm like, mm, uh, what mm-hmm. what time will I be back? How do I get back? Uh, like, is it uh, how easy is it to get an Uber there and stuff like that? Like, is it expensive and stuff like that? So I think that's definitely something that I learned to like sort of like be cautious about all these different factors that come into play, even when it's something simple like going out. I feel like a lot of you guys actually touched on like things that you were like um you know particularly different from your hometown. Is there anything that was a shock to you? I was just really shocked about how um dark it is in London. It is really dark relative to where I live. I live in I live in Manila, so I live in a really brightly lit city. Like when we talk streetlights, we talk actual there are actual light and it's not like a shadow. Yeah, it's genuinely a mini sun. Restaurants wouldn't close if they could. Like restaurants on the weekends, but like Fridays, they will close at like midnight, maybe 1 a.m., you know. And those are regular restaurants, they're not pubs, right? So when I came to London, I'm, and I'm a night person, I really am. So I was just like, um, I it'd be like 8 p.m. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to go out. And he'd be like, yeah, honey, where do you feel like, where do you think you can go out right now? <laughs> There's literally, you can go out to McDonald's, but that's it. Or like a club or a pub, and I'm like, not not in it for weather rooms. I just want to eat. Everything is closing at like nine. Also, that like not every convenience store is twenty four seven, because like I need convenience stores exactly because I need them to be twenty four seven. I did not have as much culture shock as I did in London as I did with college because I went through most of my culture shock in college. So I realized that at, well in my college anyway, boys and girls wouldn't really mix around, which is a bit shocking. You know, you would think that, you know, this country is like a very liberal place, but talking to, okay, conversations between males and females, it was as if like you had to fulfill a kind of popularity criteria. You had to be cool enough to talk to another gender or, um, yeah, you had to, you had to be humorous in a different, in a particular way in order to communicate with someone, with someone else, which I thought that was absolute BS, you know? For anyone who's coming in who's a fresher, who's just like really frustrated with how everything is, um, yes. just right. hang in there, <laughs> as we all are, I think. And the one thing I, I remember that 
got me through foundation, which is really hard. And I, I've said this, and this is basically the theme of my podcast episode right now is you have one good friend yeah. who is in the exact same boat as you, who is a fresher, who is going through the same stuff in uni. You're, you're all good. And the best thing about this is, if there is a best thing about this, is that everyone is in the same boat as you. So everyone is like, you don't need to have yeah. known someone. You don't need to have had like a high school friend who's also going with you to Kings or to wherever you're going in uni. Um, because you just, yeah, you give a random shout out. You make a joke in, in your seminar, you know, it'll be worth it because everyone will have gone through the same thing or is going through the same thing. So I guess that's my advice. Yeah. Just don't be, and it's harder, I guess, for introverts don't be scared to just kind of try to develop um, connections, even if you're not in London or even if you are and you're yeah. studying remotely. And also just give yourself a break. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, and like on my part, I think try to grab as many opportunities as you can, actually. Like yeah. don't okay. over grab it, you know. Obviously, if you feel like you have, you're too overwhelmed with certain things, like you can actually let go about certain things, give it to somebody who might need it a little bit more than you do. If you really want to get a job there, go ahead. If you don't want to, that's fine as well. You know, you do you, babes. But um, but yeah, like, just talk to your lecturers, talk to your seminar leaders, especially if you want to go down the route of like, I don't know, post-grad or something right. like that. This is probably the best years of your life in the sense of you have some semblance of independence, especially for Asian students, right? Some semblance of independence. You're away from your family um you're living your life you're carving out what life there is for you to have in the future thanks for listening guys hit us <laughs> up on our socials instagram facebook linkedin send us an email for um anything that you might uh, suggest we talk about on this podcast yes cue outro music <laughs>